46, I think, of the Weekend Wire. Oh, yeah. Aro is on the phone. Our mic kind of broke. So the sound will probably be better than last week when it was just horrible, but like maybe not that much better. But we're gonna, I'm gonna try to work through it eventually. Um, I don't know what's wrong with it. It just kept kind of echoing. It was annoying. And then yeah, I, it sounded pretty bad last week. I tried to edit it in like just the first minute, took like five minutes to edit. So I was like, mm, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I was, yeah, okay. Anyway, NBA season started again. On Tuesday, um, a lot of shit happened. Um, the most interesting to me was last night. Um, I mean, not last night. Or no, it was last night. Today's Sunday. Um, Rockets beat the Lakers by nine in LeBron's home opener. It was on ESPN. Um, Did you watch that Because we missed that game. I didn't watch the game either. Um, yeah, it kind of is. They got entertaining towards the end. I watched the tail. I watched like the last two minutes, maybe. Um, and there Did was. You a, see the fight? I didn't see the fight. The fight happened with like okay. four minutes left. Oh, okay. So, um, Rockets won. Lakers are zero two now. Um, the game felt like a playoff game. It was really entertaining. Uh, really fun. The crowd was crazy, um, but the best part happened, which we already sort of, we already mentioned this. But Rondo spit on CP3 with about four minutes left in the game, and then CP3 started saying shit, and then Rondo punched him in the face, which is a pretty good punch, by the way, if you look at the video. That was Ingram had a solid punch in there too. Ingram like came in out of nowhere. Yes. CP3 hit Rondo back, and then Ingram came in and hit CP3. Um, And then all three of those guys were ejected. Um, The Rockets won, still without CP3, but the Lakers were down two starters, and they probably could have won the game if not for that. I mean, if if Ingram doesn't run in like that, then the Lakers might win because it was really close. I mean, at that point, I think it was a one-point game. So the repercussions of this were Ingram was suspended four games, Rondo was suspended for three, and CP3 was suspended for two, which I thought was weird because... Yeah, it should have been a lot longer. Well, I just thought, why is Ingram getting the most? Well, because Ingram started the whole thing with a shove on Hart. Oh, the shove. Uh, That's right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. disrespectful um there was this whole twitter thing this morning where people were looking at slow motion angles of the video and trying to see if he did spit and if you look at like the best clips of it it seems like he did so um, yeah and um harden back to his old self in this game he had 36 7 and 5 cp3 Three assists, shy of a triple double. Um, LeBron only had twenty four on twenty two shots, and Rondo was also three assists, three assists shy of a triple double, but he only had thirteen points. Um, it happened in this game, and it happened in the Blazers game earlier in the week to the Lakers, where they're just not hitting threes, and it's harder, it's way harder for them to score than these 
these old LeBron-led Cavs teams because they're relying on fast break, which is good because fast break points are easy, but they're not, not hitting enough threes to keep up. Um, yeah. We thought this might be a problem at the beginning of the season, but we didn't think it would be that bad, but it seems like it is. And I mean, it's only been two games, but that's the main problem they have for sure. It's not on defense. They've had a pretty difficult schedule um, yeah. to start off. So I'm not. They've had to play the Blazers. They've had to play the Rockets now. So it's not like it's like honestly, if I was saying it, like if I had to pick the two games, you know, two of them, they'd probably I'd probably pick them to lose against the Blazers and the Rockets anyway. Yeah. So I think like you know they they have time to get hot. Um, and so I'm not really too worried about how they're starting off. And you know, it's, yeah, it's, it takes a little bit of time to get used to it. Um, he's still LeBron as well, so. Um, yeah, I mean, the shooting will hopefully eventually go on for them, but for now, like, I wouldn't be too worried about, you know, losing, especially, like, those two games. Yeah, and I think we said they would start slow. Um, yeah. They only lost to the Blazers by nine on Thursday. LeBron. Yeah, and the Blazers are a really good team. You know? Yeah. Like, they have, they still have Davis, CJ, and, like, this was, this was a free three last year, you know? Like, this was a, some joke of a team that they're playing. Um, and, you know, they really, like, I know a lot of people had them down. I think you had them, what, like, eight? I had them eight, yeah. Um, but, like, I, I still really like them. I think they're, they didn't get better than they were last year, but, like, I don't think they really got worse during the offseason either, so. I like that Blazers team. Their bench was really good in that game, and, um. Yeah, Stauskas was. Yeah, Stauskas was. He had like 17 in the first half or something. Yeah, he, he got he got a little hot, and uh, I mean they're they're kind of a deeper team than some people realize too. So. Yeah, and the Blazers were able to go on runs when LeBron sat, which is kind of what happened in the 2017 Finals and 2018. It was it was weird to see that because um, you would think they would be okay with all the talent that they have, but. It just as soon as he as soon as he came out at the beginning of the second quarter, it's like the Blazers came back and um, Josh Hart was really impressive in this game. Um, but the Blazers have won 16 straight versus the Lakers, and they've also won 18 straight home openers. And it was it was their home opener, and that's the longest streak in NBA history. Um, so the the odds were stacked against the Lakers in this one, but. Um, they're they're really entertaining, and I hope. I said they would get to the Western Conference Finals. It's early. It doesn't look like they're they are ready yet. But I mean, LeBron. Whenever LeBron switches teams, it seems like they start slow, and um, yeah, they could ride the ship. They might. Who knows? They might even get Damian Lillard at the deadline or something like that. Um, I, I don't know. If, if the Blazers like, if the Blazers keep it up. Have they lost yet? Um, I think they, they lost to the Spurs. Lost. <laughs> they lost to the Spurs, so they're one and one. Okay. Yeah, I mean, like, no, they're two and zero. They they beat the Spurs. Oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Yeah, because they Minnesota lost to the Spurs, but yeah, Portland beat them. Oh. Portland's two and zero. I mean, like, if, if they're competitive by the deadline, like, I don't. I don't understand why you blow that team up this year at the deadline. Because at that point, like, it's not like you're going to be able to really tank for a high pick. But you might as well just, you know, see how the season plays out. Yeah, like, they're not a great playoff team. Or, like, they weren't a great playoff team last year. But, I mean, like, game was uncharacteristically bad. Um, you know, CJ didn't, wasn't really able to pick up where, you know, Dan was dropping off. So, I mean, I, I don't see a reason to blow that team up at the deadline. I'd be surprised if they continue playing well. Well, I was thinking about more in terms of, like, Lillard requesting a trade. You think he'd do that? I don't... I mean, it's still a long shot, but um, he had the meeting with the ownership last year, even when they were doing really well, and um, it just... If he's, like... If they're on the verge of not making the playoffs, 
and he's just frustrated. And every, every team outside of the Warriors and maybe the Rockets are going to be on the verge and not making the playoffs. So. Like that, the one from 3 to 10 is just so tight. Yeah. But you're not going to, if you make the playoffs until the last like, couple weeks, maybe the last week. Right. So, it's so. even worse than what last year. Yeah. I think it, it, um, it probably will be like that. I don't know. Yeah. I just wouldn't write it off. But the main reason that I don't really think that he would request a trade is like how much he's really loved Portland or at least showed that he's loved Portland so far. Um, I don't think that... Like, yeah, he might be having his issues with the ownership, um, but I just... Especially with the way that the fans have embraced him and he's embraced the fans, I find it... I find it hard to believe that he would be the one to request a trade. I feel like it would be more like a DeRozan type situation than, um, you know, him trying to get out of the city. Yeah. I mean, that's true. We've seen it before with KD. He apparently loved OKC. Yeah. It's it's a little different, but, I mean, he's from... He's from Oakland, actually. I was going to say he's from L.A., but he's not. Uh, yeah, he's from Oakland, yeah. It could happen. Anyway. Yeah, we'll see. Celtics, um, opening night, they beat the Sixers by 18 in a game where Kyrie didn't even play well. Um, it was really sloppy to start. Yeah. Um, the Sixers, I thought this was interesting, and it kind of it worked for a little while, but... They changed up their defensive matchups like every possession for the first for the opening five or six minutes of the game, and um, it helped a little bit. It slowed it slowed the Celtics down, kind of confused them on their sets, and it led to some of those turnovers. Um, but Fultz was not good in this game. He was a minus sixteen. Um, um, Saric, this this is kind of been overlooked, but. Sarge picked up his third foul with 11 minutes left in the second quarter. Um, so it was kind of up, left up to Embiid and Simmons to win the game, and they couldn't. But um, Embiid and Simmons did some crazy stuff in this game that was really eye-opening. He, yeah, The pass that Simmons had, the faults where he was cutting, and he threw it behind his head. Um, they were Simmons and Embiid on the break with the lob. Um I mean, it's it's really like, at least for Simmons, it's like the he has everything you would want athletically. All it is is the shooting, and um, if they have like Simmons and Embiid have a chemistry now, like to where Simmons can throw a no look pass and Embiid is like almost expecting it, and them two on the break is like terrifying to other teams. Um, and Horford was able to manage Embiid in this game which was pretty impressive. But um, something that was interesting is the Celtics benched Kyrie in crunch time. And partly because Rozier was a plus 22, but also because Kyrie really struggled in this game to score. Um, Simmons had 19, 15, and 8. It was just... I was entertained, even though it was not that close of a game. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I thought the first half, especially, was still very entertaining. Um, Celtics kind of started pulling away more in the second half. Um, and I, I think that's just a testament to how good of a team they have and how, how much depth they have that, you know, they can still have Kyrie shooting poorly, but then they're still able to pull away because you got, you know, Tatum that's really, it seems like he's even really upped his game from even what he was doing in the playoffs last year. Um, and then on top of that, you have Hayward back now. That's another option. You got Brown, um, and Brown had a decent game as well. So it's it's just tough. And then on the other side of the court, you know they're still great on defense. Um, and as good as Philly's offense is, I think when you have a guy like Simmons that can't shoot, and you know even even at these, like you know that. They were playing really well, but there were some possessions on offense where I thought Philadelphia just, like, could not penetrate. Like, they couldn't get anything going. And even, like, when they got the ball into Embiid, like, there wasn't really anything 
that they were able to do just because of how good, you know, even like Horford was inside, Baines was inside. So it's more of a tough to how good Celtics were um, that they were able to pull away rather than you know, the Sixers like that anyway. Yeah, and this is this is a really fun rivalry now, and I think Embiid is such like a villain to the Celtics. He's like this huge guy that I mean, they have Horford, but they like physically they really have no match for him, and it's just it's fun to see him like take on all these guys that they have. Um, and Tatum honestly was getting any shot he wanted to in this game, and it's it's a problem for Philly because they don't have any wings that can defend him really like that Covington isn't standing a chance against him either so yeah and it's for the wings it's mostly like it's mostly about the wings scoring but um also Tatum's just gonna be able to score on them and um the Celtics are just can adapt it seems like they have so many good players um with Hayward back and with the development of their young guys where they can just adapt to any any game. They can play slow, yeah. they can play fast, they can exploit any matchup um, and really just yeah. win. Yeah, and I think the, the other thing for Boston is that they're, they're a matchup nightmare for whoever they end up playing because of how many, A, how many different looks they can give you. And then B, on top of that, you know, they're, they're a team that it's, the amount of wing scoring that they have is just so hard to match up with for anyone, any team that's not a Toronto or a Golden State or maybe, you know, Houston. And then, you know, there are a handful of team, other teams that can maybe match up with them uh, in terms of defensively. Um, and so that's, you know, it, it's going to be interesting to see how different teams kind of have to handle them because they so many different looks they can throw at you. They have so many different guys that can go off on any given night. And, you know, you think you can shut down a couple of their guys. And, you know, maybe you shut down Kyrie, maybe you shut down Tatum. But then you still got to account for all, you know, the other guys that they can still plug in and um, get the same result with at the end of the day. So, so that's a scary team. That's a scary team. They are scary. But you think the Raptors are even scarier. And you were proved right. I do think the Raptors are even scarier. Did you watch the game on Friday? Uh, so, I actually, I, I was going to. I had that game circled on my calendar. I had to go and cover a high school football game. And so, I kind of had the game on. I was streaming it on my phone. And so, I didn't really watch it that closely. I was kind of keeping, you know, tabs of the scores and stuff. Yeah. Um. Oh, yeah, I didn't really get to see in-depth, and I completely missed the ending of that game. So, I didn't, I didn't um, see it either. Check out. What I've gathered is that it was really intense, um, and it was super close. For my, it, the, the final score, the Raptors won by 12, but it seemed like it was a closer yeah, game than... It, it, was, it was going back and forth. Like, for as much as I watched, it was really going back and forth, and, like, both teams kind of made a little little runs, you know, both teams were keeping it close, and even into, like, the third quarter, even, like, the start of the fourth quarter, I watched a little bit, um, and it, it was just absolutely neck and neck, so I, I was surprised when, like, I see the score after, it's like 113, 101, and I was, I was really surprised that the Raptors were able to pull away. And um, Kawhi seems like he's back to his 2017 self. Yeah, yeah. Which is terrifying, if, I mean... Like, that's the guy that would be able to shut down those wing scorers. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that's, the one, that's the one way that, you know, Toronto really has an advantage over, like, any other team um, on the defensive side of the floor that they have uh, Kawhi, and then on top of that, they also have, um, you know, a great backcourt for defense as well. Like, Lowry can easily handle Kyrie to me. Um, you know, you got a guy in Danny Green that's one of the elite perimeter defenders as well in his position. So that's a, that's a tough matchup for Boston, um, especially when you factor in the amount of depth that they have as well. Toronto, the depth that Toronto has. And that game is going to matter with seeding because those teams are going to be oh, neck, yeah. neck and neck, and Toronto's 3 0. And, and Toronto, I, like, that home court is going to make a big difference. In a playoff series, yeah, because um, especially like both both those stadiums are just incredibly hard to play in yeah. for an away team. 
Um, and Toronto, like, at least historically, has been, like, a really, really good um, team at home and maybe not necessarily the same uh, away from home. I, I don't know if that's going to be different now this year with Kawhi, but, uh, you know, a lot of that team is still the same. So uh, home court could end up mattering a lot more than in the last couple of years, especially with LeBron out of the picture. Hmm. Well, in the second game of uh, opening night on Tuesday, Warriors narrowly beat the Thunder by eight points um, in a game where Roberson is still injured for the Thunder, and Westbrook didn't play in this game either. He actually made his debut tonight, so he didn't play in the Clippers game, which they lost. Um, The Thunder are 0-3 also, worth noting. Um, Warriors just lost. So yeah, like, yeah, they kind of. Up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm happy, but I'm happy as well. Yeah, <laughs> you hate OKC. Okay, I'm, I'm not a huge OKC fan. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> well, they were impressive in this Warriors game because Paul, Paul. They were impressive in this Warriors game. Paul George yeah. was, was scoring in the third. They were they led this game in the third quarter, and um, you wouldn't think they be, they would be able to keep up. Um, Curry Curry was really good in this game, um, but it was back and forth. Stephen Ad- Adams had some layups at the end, but uh, Curry got an and one that stretched the lead to five, and it was kind of over once Dennis Schroeder uh, airballed this this uh, three, and then KD scored again, and the game was over. But um, it was really really close. Um, Schroeder Schroeder was really impressive in this game. I remember yeah. what I said he would be the sixth man of the year. Um, he had 21, 9, and 6. Paul George had 27. Uh, Curry had a near triple-double. He had 32, 8, and 9. KD had 27, 8, and 6. Um, the Warriors looking a little bored. Um, but I was more... Yeah, they struggled a little bit, man. Yeah. And they, they just lost tonight as well. So. Yeah. a little bit of this game actually um so the jazz were able to score 103 and three quarters versus the warriors which i thought was crazy yeah that in itself is crazy to me um yeah steph scored 16 in the third um joe ingles hit a banking three to end the third quarter but then the warriors went on a 13-0 run in the fourth um draymond was great um but the Warriors players as a whole as a whole were getting frustrated. I mean, Utah's a really um good crowd and they have a lot of gritty player gritty players like Crowder who had a great he had a great uh put back with like fifty one seconds left. It was it seemed, it was like a Marcus Smart kind of play, like he just out hustled and, and fell down after um Curry missed a layup. And then Donovan Mitchell, who was not very good in this game at all, um, missed a it's a jumper that was kind of a bad shot, and the Jazz were still up. We're we're still up one. KD missed a, a a jump shot or a runner. I can't remember which. And then uh, Jonas Jerebko was in the game, and he tipped in <laughs> KD's miss and got a really lucky bounce to win the game. So yeah, Gobert did push him, and he, Gobert got called for pushing off earlier, right? Uh, I think he did. 
getting away with it. And yeah. It was just kind of like a little, little bit of uh, justice, I guess you can call it. I don't know what you want to call it. But, yeah, uh, he, he karma. Jurepko uh, into, into that little rebound tip in. Because otherwise, I don't think Jurepko was going to get there. At least not the same angle that he was able to get. So... Well, my takeaway from this game is that the Jazz might be this year's version of the Rockets, and not in terms of like playoff success, but um, they took a lot of threes and they took a lot of layups. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they are not afraid to just let it fly, and they have a lot of guys that can shoot. So um, they are. I think their main problem now, you know, might be just making. I mean, like, I don't know if they're going to be able to consistently be able to hit that amount of shots. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, otherwise, like, they they got a good game plan, especially for the Warriors, and they look good in that game. Um, but at the same time, like, it also just kind of reminds you, like, how incredible this Warriors team is that a team can, you know, drop 103 and three quarters and still end up losing. Yeah. Um, so, it's, uh, it's a pretty crazy game. Um, and like the fun, it was uh, the fourth quarter, and the Warriors kept on just like coming back, and there'd have these like little runs. Yeah. Because it seemed like the Jazz would be kind of comfortable. Like they got a six point lead, they got an eight point lead. They're kind of sitting pretty, and then all of a sudden, it just you look up for a second, and then you look back down, you know, at the screen, and it's like, whoa, like the Warriors are up by one. Um, and that was, it was a weird, weird roller coaster fourth quarter. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Utah could be the team to watch this year. Um, they, they're not a bad, they're not a bad pick to be that three seed um, behind the Warriors and the Rockets. So. Well, with the Jazz, um, it's interesting because we usually think of them as having, like, they're going against the grain of where the NBA is going and they're, they have a slow pace and, they're not shooting a lot of threes, but now that they are, um, it's really not a result of any personnel changes. So if they have a situation like the Rockets did in Game 7 where they missed 27 straight threes, they have players who can hit mid-range shots. Yeah. So it's not like they're relying on it, which I think makes them really dangerous. They could play, even if they prefer playing fast, they could still kind of play left-handed and win games with their defense and um, win games shooting different types of shots from the floor. So um, right. I, I, I think they're scary. I agree with you. Yeah, I think um, this, like to me, like this is a team that's going to make that jump this year. But definitely in the next couple of years, if they can keep, um, that core together and if they can keep some of those pieces um, that surround that core or at least replace them with players of similar caliber this is probably the next team that you think could come out of the West um, once you know Golden State and Houston kind of their windows start closing uh, although when, when the Golden State window closes who knows <laughs> it'll close in like three years yeah, I mean, once that's, K- that's once KD time, leaves, the dominoes are going to start falling. So, yeah, but I mean, like if, if it continues for another three years, then it's like this championship. If they win this year, is already three. And if you know, if we're talking about them it's winning four. three more after that, like six championships in a row in the modern era of basketball, that's this would be their incredible. this would be their fourth. This would be their fourth total, but this is their third in a row already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like winning seven championships in eight years would also be just remarkable yeah. in the era of basketball that we're in um, with the amount of talent that's in the league. But it's, it's... Utah could be that next team. You know what was oh. remarkable? The Pelicans remarkable. beating the Rockets by 19 on the road. Oh, man. They killed them. Dominating. Dominating. I watched. Yeah. I watched pretty much the whole game. It was never close. It was. Um, we Pelicans led the whole game, and Melo was. Yeah. It wasn't. A, it wasn't because Melo was playing bad. He looked kind of good actually. Um, oh, yeah, no, Melo was just fine. Yeah. Like, ain't nobody put the blame on Melo. Yeah. <laughs> Drew Holiday wore a do rag. Yeah. 
Um, I think we should start calling him Drew Rag. Uh, Pelicans, defensively, uh, Holiday was a beast, as usual. He was able to help off. These new guys the the Rockets brought in, like Michael Carter-Williams, like give them wide open threes like that's what that's what they were doing and that he would double team Harden or Paul instead and really like it seemed like the defensive game plan was to just not let Harden or Paul get going and let the role players beat them and they couldn't beat them um Pelicans were up 17 and a half and they were they were pounding the ball inside to uh Davis Miritich and Randall um Randall was really impressive in this game he had 25 and 8 off the bench Pelicans led by 29 at one point. They were playing. They were playing faster than the Rockets, which is saying something. Um, it was. It was like the. It was like the playoffs last year, where their pace was the highest in the league, and there's a lot of nuanced offense. I was just really impressed. It was really fun for me to watch. Um, the Rockets, even though the Rockets cut the lead to 12 early in the fourth, the uh, Pelicans came back with a 9-0 run and closed, and then they just scored 149 on the Kings in a game where Anthony Davis sat the entire fourth quarter. So um, this offense seems like it's for real. It was pretty good last year, um, but it might be on another level this year. Davis has more awareness defensively. He had 32, 16, and 8 in this game. Miritich had 30 and 10. Um, Alfred Payton, there were a lot of questions about how Rondo leaving would affect this team, and I thought it would hurt the Pelicans significantly, but... um, he had a triple double. Um, we were to hold hard into eighteen points. It was just really a dominant performance, and um, the crowd was shocked. It was it's one of the weird yeah. I mean, it's one of those weird games where it's just quiet. Yeah, like, like I, think, I think the Pelicans were kind of the team that they were kind of the odd team that was this year as well. Like a lot of people with the loss of Boogie, um, you know. No one really knew how they were going to come out. And so, yeah, it's, it's cool to see them play as well as they're playing right now because um, that, that is another pretty scary team, um, especially for some of the like other teams on the bubble. You're, you're looking at the way that New Orleans is playing right now and you're getting a little bit, you know, you're starting to put a little bit because uh, this, is, this is a team that with the defense that they have, um, and with the addition of a guy like Randall and Mirkic playing in this crazy, new, like, amazing Mirkic way. Yeah, he had 38 um, against the Kings. He had 38 both games, right? Yeah, he had, he had 38 or something against the Kings. Yeah, no, like, that's crazy. Like, that team could be the team that kind of breaks, uh, breaks a lot of other teams' hearts. Um, on that bubble, and right, like honestly, it's it's hard to tell who's going to be on that bubble though. Um, Cause LA starting slow, okay, team starting a little slow. Minnesota, um, you know, Butler I think dragged them to one win, uh, and Wiggins played well in that win as well. But you know, they lost to the Spurs, so it's it's tough to see who's going to be on the bubble right now. Because um, you got a lot of teams up top. You know, in Denver, it's starting really hot. New Orleans and Portland all starting really hot that we expected to be on the bubble. But now, who knows? Like, you know, how how long can they keep these hot streaks going? Um, so it's, it's still early, but there, there are a lot of teams to be worried about. New Orleans is definitely one of the scarier teams. Um, so we'll see. Something that all I just... Something that I just like about... That I just like about this season in general is that... Um, it seems already like every game matters because we know how tight it's going to be for judging about judging on last year, at least in the West and people who are saying, Oh, I'm not going to watch the NBA in November, October. Like there's no point, but there is, these games are going to matter. And these are the games that we're going to have to point back to in the end when new Orleans has 46 wins. And, um, like, I don't know. San Antonio is 44. Like, it's going to be important. Yeah. Um, We saw with the Wolves last year. The the reason they... Wednesday night is huge. Huge for them. Yeah. You know, like, Utah had the chance to do do the exact same thing. And they couldn't. And, you know, like, maybe 
playoff race is going to play out. But this year, like, it's right from the get-go. Like, you got to be ready to go. And even, like, the Warriors, to a degree, like, I, they can still kind of afford to walk, you know, instead of running and coming out of the games running. But yeah. for some of these teams, like Utah, Denver, they need to, like, really take advantage of some of these opportunities. Yeah, if you're, if you're OKC and you're 0-3 right now, um, that's bad. That's not good. Yeah, you yeah, have especially like you can't be losing a game to Sacramento, no matter what time of season it is. Yeah, they have a game. You their know? next game is against the Celtics, and it's basically a much a must win now. So, yeah, um, yeah. If we saw it last year when um, the Timberwolves beat OKC twice two out of three times like within the first six games of the year and it's what mm-hmm. it's what got them into the playoffs so uh, and then really really close game like, yeah got like Wiggins hit the, the banker and it's crazy um yeah we'll see how it pans out but these games are important and it's it's nice that they're important because it's more they're more fun to watch um yeah and, and like I, I think we we just spent a lot of time focusing on um, the the West Coast game, but some of those East Coast games are gonna matter a lot as well. Yeah, you know, this year like the East Coast, it, it might not be as good as the West Coast did, but they definitely um, still have a lot of competition down at the bottom just because of how tight and how packed it's gonna be. Um, yeah. fighting for the you know maybe five. You know, honestly, even like the four, four three three through yeah. eight is gonna be tight. the thunder uh, in the game where westbrook was out and then they beat the they beat right. houston the night where cp3 didn't play yeah and like again like when you when you see these like teams that are resting players that, that's an opportunity for another team to come in and get you know what yeah you know, uh, like jimmy tibbs rested jimmy huh? butler yeah uh, what like <laughs> that has never happened like that's the last thing I would expect. Um, one of these close games that we're talking about, Wednesday, Bucks beat Charlotte by one. Um, their offense looks different. Um, Charlotte had a big comeback in the second half, but they couldn't they couldn't win because Batum missed a wide open three that would have won the game. And Kemba had forty one, Giannis had twenty five, eighteen and eight. What? I thought it was going in. Yeah. And it looked good. Like, it was online. He just put way too much on it. Kimba's averaging, like, 34 points a game. I mean, you you love Charlotte, right? Gush about Charlotte for a minute. Like MKG off the bench, 
So it's it's a team that is gonna surprise some people, and the way that they're playing so far, you know, like that. I thought that Milwaukee game, like I turned that game off at like halfway through the third quarter because I was like, yeah. Like, oh, I watched like that whole game. That was probably the game I watched the most. I, I probably watched the most of that game uh, more than any other game this whole season. Wow. Wow. Okay. I, I wish I had. Because I, like, when they were down 20, it looked like Milwaukee was in control. Because Giannis just looked unstoppable. Um, the offense, like, the Milwaukee offense really is, like, really, like, it's it's good now. That's a scary offense feeling when you yeah. have so many weapons. They've unlocked Middleton. Uh, huh? They've unlocked Middleton. Yeah, yeah. If I want Milton, if Bledsoe's having a good year, too. Bledsoe can't be tough, man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like, Bledsoe had a poor playoff last year, but I think this is his, like, this is his contract season, right? Uh, not sure. Uh, even if it's not, like, he, he's got a lot to prove this year as well, so. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, Milwaukee looks good. So, for Charlotte to come all the way back in a team like that, I, I like it. I like this. Uh, we'll see what they end up doing, but I like them for them. How about your sons beating the Mavs? Aiden looked good. Yeah. Ariza looked good. What's up? Ariza looked good. Ariza did look good. He looked pretty bad against uh, Denver the night after, or I guess a couple nights after. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, we, we looked pretty, pretty decent uh, as a team. I think Dallas was still trying to figure out what's going on. Um, Doncic was really, really struggling from three. And he, he wasn't really taking great three-point shots either, I thought. Yeah, he, he wasn't good in that game. Huh? He wasn't good in that game. He was good uh, against the Wolves, though. Yeah, he, he had 26, I think, against the Wolves. He had a good night. Um, but, yeah, against us, like, he didn't really play that well. No one was really playing all that well for Dallas. Uh, but yeah, we look we look good. I mean, Devin Booker is—he's going to do Devin Booker things. He's going to score a lot in the volume score. That's what he's going to do. So um, for us at this point, it's kind of more about what are some of those pieces around him going to do. How consistent can Josh Jackson be this year? You know, is he going to play like post-all star break Josh Jackson, or is he going to play like pre-all star break Josh Jackson? Um, guys like TJ Warren off the bench, like he's a guy that can have a lot of scoring impact. But we haven't really seen that to its full potential yet. Um, and then, yeah, you bring in the new guys. I thought Ryan Anderson played pretty well in that first game as well. I thought Ariza was really good. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, like, considering we didn't really play with a point guard, uh, I think things turned out the hardest. Um, <laughs> yeah, y'all started uh, Isaiah Cannon. Um, who's, who's also been playing well is... Um, Nikola Jokic, who has already had two triple doubles, the Nuggets are three and zero. They they're sort of in the class of the Jazz. Um, they're kind of up and coming. They could be a surprise team this year. I had them. I mean, I had them at the fifth seed. Did, yeah, you were really high on them. Um, one of my friends, the friend that I might end up bringing on this podcast. Um, and then Andrew, he, he's really hot on Denver this year as well. Um, I personally, I still, I think I picked them to miss the playoffs, and I'll, I'll stick by it. Um, no matter how hot it's starting off, I really, I think it'll peter off there. Uh, the goes along, but Jokic really does look like the real deal. Um, his defense, so bad, <laughs> but offensively, he is definitely the real deal. Um, having those that back, I think, helps the offense. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, they are the, probably the sleeper team in the West. Um, if you had to pick a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, they're probably the team that could probably sneak in and do some damage in the playoffs other than L.A. Yeah. Um, okay, um, let's preview the games like we do. Yeah. Um, tomorrow, your, t- mean, your two teams. are, like, important now, too. Yeah. Like, there's some big games. Tomorrow, uh, your two bandwagon teams are playing. Hornets, Raptors. Yeah, and Toronto. Yeah. Should be fun. Um, Tuesday night, we have Clippers-Pelicans on uh, League Pass. 
Um, well, uh, Monday night, Monday night, the late game. Um, San Antonio taking on LA. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, that's I, good. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be important. Yeah, Lakers are owing too. Kind of have to pick up a win. <laughs> yeah. Um. Clippers Pelicans. The last time they played was a really, really close game. Anthony Davis had to hit some crazy shots for them to win at the end of the season last year. Um. Wednesday night, we have Jazz Rockets, rematch of the second round from last year. Um, Minnesota, Toronto as well, 730 Eastern. Could be good. What day is it? Oh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. There it is. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Wednesday night's pretty good. You got Pacers, Spurs, 76ers, Bucks. Um, Wizards, Golden State is the late game, but uh, that Jazz Rockets game and the Toronto game will be really fun for sure. 76ers bucks too. Um Thursday. What? Thursday night's good. Thursday night's also good. Both games on TNT are great. Um Celtics Thunder. I remember uh Boston went into OKC last year at the beginning of the season and won a close one. And then Nuggets Lakers. Um the Lakers could be 0-3 by the time this game comes around. Yeah. And, uh, Nuggets are 3-0 right now. Um, Probably they're going to be 4-0 by that point. Yeah. Yeah, they play Sacramento tonight before that game. So chances are that they'll be 4-0. So, that's be a big f- game for the Lakers, too. Like That's, that's a team that they're going to be fighting with. Yeah, if they don't win this game, get ready for some panic. Get ready for some what? Some panic. Yeah. Um. I mean, the Broncos on that team, so like, if, even if they start the season zero and four, like it's fine. But you really, you start to wonder. Yeah. And like that puts a lot more pressure on a lot of young guys to win games if they're not going to win them early to win them in, you know, January, February, March. Well, I'm talking about these Lakers fans who are going to freak out. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Warriors, Knicks, interesting, in New York. The Knicks have been close with uh, Boston. Yeah. Today or night. KD could be going to the Knicks this summer. Um, So that that might be worth a watch just for... If you notice something that looks a little off, um, Clippers Rockets at on Friday renewing that rivalry that we that we love with the the tunnel. Um, we have Bucks Wolves also. Um, that's kind of it for Friday, but uh, no, that's not an ESPN night, which is worth noting. It's kind of weird. Um, Saturday we have Jazz Pelicans. Those are two teams that will probably be competing for the same playoff spot. Um, and then a, another Lakers-Spurs game, this time in San Antonio. Blazers-Heat. Uh, Portland, yeah, Portland-Miami could be interesting. I'm not really... F- um, what's what's the marquee game of this week? What's the must-watch? Well, uh, are we doing Sunday as well? Uh, yeah, but what do you see on Sunday that you like? Yeah, next Sunday is not that great. Um, because I mean, uh, like there's no like Boston Toronto type game this year, or this uh, this week. Yeah. Um, I think it's more. I think almost all the Lakers games are gonna be big to watch. Um, and they're playing some really tough games this week. So, I mean, you might just want to watch the Lakers game. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Uh, and then, yeah, outside of that, it's kind of, they're, they're like really, they're good games. But I wouldn't say there's like one matchup that you really like. It's, there's no chance this matchup. I would say 76ers Bucks is the closest thing on Wednesday night. Yeah. I think that'll be fun. Yeah. Or, or maybe Utah and Houston. That yeah. Same night. Those are both good. 
Um, yeah. All right. That's all I got. Um, first week of the NBA yeah. season in the books. It's probably gotten some drama. It's, uh, I think it's a lot more interesting than it was last year. Yeah, last year it seemed like there was a lot of weird teams jumping out. The Magic started really hot, and so did the Pistons. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that so far, um, other than I'd get, if you wanted to count the Nuggets, but I don't think that's that big the of a nuggets, surprise. The Nuggets are good. That's yeah. Good so, all right. Anything else? Right. Uh, I think that pretty much covers it. Yeah. Next week, I think, will be a lot clearer picture of some of these teams. Yeah. Because, like, this week is just so early, and... I know people like to talk about, you know, wins over Golden State and wins over Houston and stuff like that early in the season, but it's it's really just too early to tell for me. There's um, going to be some weird team next week that's going to be 5-0. and And yeah. it's just going to be like, wow, okay. Like the Clippers were 5-0 and last year. Um, well, I know it was 5-0 last year. Yeah, we just we just need to not overreact, and I don't think we did for the most part. But uh, yeah. Lakers might be zero and four. A lot could change. Anyway. Yeah, and again, like even if the Lakers are you know zero and four, zero five, they're still they're still fine. They got time. Um, and yeah, again, like as you said, like most most new teams, LeBron goes to it. It takes some time, so yeah, don't overreact. <laughs> Definitely. Enjoy the Lakers this week. It'll be fun. Yeah. All right. That's all.